0: what's up guys in case you haven't heard blue wire studios just dropped their first original podcast golden goal the show gives you 10 minute episodes all about soccer legends and the moments that made them whether you're just learning about soccer for the first time or a diehard fan this podcast is a great listen for everyone the final two episodes are live right now or bends the entire season to learn about your favorite soccer stars check out blue wire's golden goal available anywhere and everywhere you listen to podcasts
1: Blue Wire. Three on the way! Yes! Paul George nails it! For the win! You got it! To the line winner! Curry way down to... fires away! It's over! Oh, blocked
2: by James! All right, dunks and discourse, the Seth Curry edition. I mean, I'll there's at least one other guy who wears number 30, but yeah, we'll go with Seth. Um, joining us today, as always, my co-host Jabari Davis at Jabari Davis MBA, but also special guest, Sopan Deb at Sopan Deb. Sopan, how you doing, man?
1: Thank you so much for having me. I hope you guys are safe and healthy and, and all that.
2: Likewise. Yeah, I mean, we, we've, we've chopped it up quite a few times on here, um, about, about Corona and how different it is me being in Canada, Jabari being, uh, in the States. Uh, Sopan, what's it like for you right now?
1: You know, uh, my fiancé and I, we, uh, so we typically live in New York. Uh, we have uh, been down in Charleston uh, where Wes, my fiancé's family is from, and it's, it's been lovely. And then, of course, South Carolina became a hotspot as well, but, um, you know, it's been nice seeing Wesley's family and spending some time with them, and then uh, we've also had a couple nurses from out of town staying at our apartment in New York, so um, it's been, you know, a productive use of four months. I've been able to get a lot of writing done down here, and, um, yeah, I think we're going to head back to New York kind of soon
2: yeah awesome um, I, for those that don't know sopan is the author of mistranslations and man from what I can tell this book is blowing up it's coming I've seen it on Instagram with people I didn't even know we were connected to talking about it so congratulations man.
1: Oh thank you I, I'm really fortunate you know it's I, you know it's really hard to get a book out during a pandemic and and I'm really really thrilled with how many people it's reached so far
2: yeah it's fantastic man and uh, of course sopan is an NBA culture guy for the times as well. I don't know, we've been following each other a few years, I think, and, uh, and talking some hoops, so that's kind of the connection there. Uh, so, I mean, the NBA is still rather quiet. We're heading into scrimmages. We're going to be getting some games soon. Um, I, I would say the one piece of news worth talking about the last couple of days, uh, Jimmy Butler's request to not have um, a cheeky slogan, social justice message, um, etc., on the back of his jersey was denied. Uh, what's your thoughts there?
1: You know, um, speaking for myself, if I had to pick one player in the league that would make that request, it would be Jimmy Butler, right? Like like of course Jimmy Butler would go the route that you know that no one else is taking. I mean, Jimmy Butler's I think at this point, you know, with has established a reputation for himself as someone who zigs when the rest of the league zags. It's just what he does. Um so ultimately, look, the jersey thing, to me personally, if, if that's what Jimmy Butler wants to do, like, it, you know, who am I to, you know, weigh it in, in any meaningful way? It's just – but I do think it, it shows another example of Jimmy Butler trying to be different and trying to kind of carve out his own path. Um, I, I think the NBA said no to that because I think, I think that was not um, part of the negotiation. I think you, has, you have to have something on, on your jersey, but it's not surprising to me that Jimmy Butler tried to do this. Yeah, Jabari, what do you think, man?
0: Yeah, it's pretty much the same. Yeah, it, it, Sopan makes a you know, great, a great point. If anybody were going to do this, it were going to be it was going to be Jimmy. Uh, but the truth of the matter is, I think the league dropped the ball in this situation, and, and I and I recognize they had to have an established you know set of you know set of words or phrases, and and that was that. But you know, to be honest with you, even though this is different, and even though this is you know definitely a situation where he's trying to stand out from you know from the rest, I don't necessarily see the harm in this. You know, to, you know, to me, to me, I think, I think it would have been better off if they had
2: made the exception. Well, it was something initially that I, I was, I thought this was a, I, I, I still think this is a really empty gesture. I think this is a really, we're doing something, but we're not actually doing anything sort of moved by the league. And I, and I was kind of ranting about that uh, a few days back. And Zopan, Zopan did actually point out to me on the timeline that, you know, the Players Association did sign off on these you know agreed to social justice messages and um you know now now i believe lebron said that he had no input on these but you know his best friend is the president he's got a former teammate as the vp it's interesting that you know they kind of both came along and then you see you know drew holidays down uh uh well pardon me he's donating the rest of his year salary him and his wife um to two charitable causes and then you see the league telling players what they can and can't wear on the back of the jerseys. And it, it looks even worse to me. Uh,
1: you know, you bring up a good point. I will also say, though, to, to the point about whether this is performative or not, I would also make the point that that even a performative gesture is still too much for a significant portion of the country. And we see that going on in the WNBA with Kelly Loeffler, the minority owner of the Atlanta franchise. Like, even even just the sheer sheer putting black lives matter on warm up jackets was what you know pushed Kelly Loeffler, who's who's running for um, running for senate in in Georgia it pushed her to come out and say hey you know this is too much you know sports should you know shouldn't have any politics or any activism and 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 you know we should have american flags on there instead of you know activist phrases so I, I see what you're saying with, you know, what's a meaningless phrase, but there's still, a, to a large portion of this country, to some of those powerful people in this country, even that is too much for them. And so I, 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 I see what you're saying. I do, I do think it's a little bit more than nothing because even that, even that is too much for some people.
0: You know, I, I'm actually interested. You, you brought up a good point bringing up you know, uh, Kelly Lawler. I'm actually interested in your guys's opinion. How does that end? Because to be quite frank, I I would anticipate some players on her you know on her roster, you know, on her team's roster, putting up a real big fight about that. How do you guys think that's going to end?
1: Well, I mean, the WNBA has made has made its views clear, right? Kelly Lawler has said that you know. Uh, sports are not you know or should be apolitical, etc, et etc. Cetera, et cetera. The WNBA has publicly said it is not apolitical it has is, it is said it has said it is a progressive league. so you have this owner that literally runs counter to the values of the WNBA now here's the question: what does the WNBA do about it? Do they force out loffler okay but how? because in the case of Donald Sterling, which is kind of the most recent precedent for this, there is still Steve Ballmer to um, to buy the franchise. You need someone who's willing to buy buy out Lothler's stake. Let's say you force her to sell, and right now, you know I don't know that that market exists right now. Um, mm-hmm. From from my understanding, Kelly Lawther and and has been trying to sell her stake in the team for a while now. And just hasn't found any takers. So I I don't know. And you can't really sanction her, you know. But if you want her to sell the team, you have to find a buyer to take the take the forty nine percent that she owns.
2: Yeah, that's an, that's an interesting concept, and uh, I mean, the double the WNBA has walked a little bit more than the NBA has, but the NBA very much also wants to say, hey, we're the progressive league, hey, we support social justice, hey, we support our players, we realize that a large portion of our league are, are both foreign players and minority-born um, American players, and yet I, I just don't know that it sees that, and, and I get what you're saying, and again, I mean, Canada and America are different in this regard, and that's something that I've struggled with the last few years, trying to get a hold of how, you know, different the cultures can be at times. But, you know, he, he, here's a situation with, like, not to go back to Jimmy Butler, but with Butler where, I mean, he wasn't really hurting anyone. I mean, this this was a, a peaceful protest. Um, his not no message on the back of his jersey wasn't, you know, strongly political, wasn't pointing to any one group. And it was still a no. And it, again, it just kind of tells me that this league wants all the credit for being the progressive, supportive league without really being willing to act on it.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think that there, there's some truth to that. Um, again, though, I will also say, though, the responsibility here isn't 100% with the league. Like, if this is something that Jimmy Butler wanted, he could have gone to Chris Paul and the kind of negotiating committee and been like, okay. Make sure when you when you go to the NBA, make sure that this is an option. So you can understand from a league's perspective, being like, "Hey, we came up with these names together. We came and and now for for one of your players to come and try to change up the program on us at the last second, um, there is there is you know, why should we acquiesce to that? Um, and I'm not saying the league is right, but I could see where you know why, why the league might say that." My point here is that this isn't just on Adam Silver and the owners. This is also on the players association who negotiated these arrangements.
2: Yeah, and and and, and fair enough. And I mean the logistics is is on both of them, but it, I just I remain shocked at like even the smallest the smallest bits of progress being so controversial. I guess is kind of where I'm at. Look, um I-
0: just to just to quickly chime in on that, I honestly think it, it, it's a, it's it's a, it's essentially this. I think Adam Silver is a progressive individual that would probably like to do you know to, to do even more. Just like in in the NFL, I don't think Roger Goodell is the most evil vile person in the world, but I think that he you know, he understands the nature of his job. When it comes to the NBA, I agree, you know like I I agree with each of you you know, like you know, with your points on this. But the truth of the matter is, you know, ultimately the you know the bottom line is what's going to is what's going to you know make the final decision when it comes to, when it comes to this. And because we wouldn't be in this situation, we wouldn't be in the bubble if it weren't about the money ultimately, anyhow.
1: Right, and fair, yeah, look, not, yeah, look the NBA is a corporation just like any other corporation. I mean, that's yep, yep. that I mean, they may publicly brand themselves differently. But that doesn't make them any less of a corporation than 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 Microsoft or Apple or Disney or, um, you know, you go on down the list. The enemy is a corporation, and they're gonna do, mm-hmm. and any sort of activism they're gonna do, they're gonna do it in the realm of whatever keeps their profits flowing in. And that's that's the case for any corporation, really.
2: Yep. But but it, but like I, I guess to put a wrap on this, it, it's all three of us are very involved in the league and, and the culture around the league, and I I think. What you're saying is Sopan, is 100% correct, and I just I think people need to take stock in that as they launch the this league quotation marks tweets every time you know they do any PR move that seems somewhat. There's, there's it's got to be remembered in the good times and the bad times that this is you know the league is out here to make money and it's not really any more interested in advancing this or that than you know the average than the Apple and the Uber and everybody else.
1: Yeah, I, I I think you're totally right, and and that extends to like everything, like that extends to when a team trades your favorite player, you know, uh, you know the the team is looking out for its own interest. There's no inherent loyalty they have to players. They're doing what they're gonna do to win games, right? This it's not just a it's not just from a profit perspective. It's from a one loss perspective. When players, you know, when they leave to go to another team, it's it's for usually a financial reason or it's doing what's best for themselves. They don't have typically a lot of extra loyalty to a fan base just because they put on the jersey you know what i mean it's expense mm-hmm. unfortunately a lot of following sports is you know when, especially when you grow up it's like this mirage of yes. th- that you create for yourself but really it's a business that's what it is you're following a business and we it's it makes the sport less fun to follow when you think of it that way but it's the truth right
2: yeah it is and and um you know, in, in fairness, I, it wouldn't be fair on our part not to mention that the league is working with Russell Westbrook, Shams reported, um, to uh, make a T-shirt line to get some of the things that the players would have wanted on the jerseys that won't be able to be on the jerseys. So take that and, as an and we, also know, and we should also
1: note, and we should also note, like the and and because it's a business, you know, we're also employed as a result, right? Like we have sure. we have jobs to do because of of the the world that sports inhabits in our society.
2: Oh, for sure. And uh, sports aren't bad. Like it I mean, people who listen to the show know Jabari and I are definitely on the best. Sports are good and we're not going to feel bad that sports are back. Um kind of club here, but at the same time, yeah. It, I mean, there's layers. This I, and I think Jabari's talked about this in prior episodes where you know, we're we're in this reflective state where we've got, we've had, you know, coming up on 5 months of nothing, you know, going on. So the <laughs> the, the galaxy takes are becoming universe takes and here we are. Um, we uh, you know, we did bring Sopan on with the, the special task of trying to beat Jabari and myself in an action movie marathon so what we are going to do um, for the, the latter part of the show um, we are going to each draft five movies we're going to do it in a snake format Sopan, Jabari, then myself I'll, I'll have picks three and four and then kick it back to Jabari and then we're going to post those results um, on social media and we'll let you guys vote for which marathon you most want to watch now, um, yeah, I, I did. I did probably more research for this episode than I have for some of the ones where we're, we're doing deep dives <laughs> on, on NBA lists because uh, the movie marathon is a challenging idea. Like five movies in a row, it's, it's got to be a nice set, right, Zopan?
1: Yeah, I mean, for me, and and my my five favorite or my five draft picks or whatever are not going to be. The five best cinematic action films in history. Like a movie critic will look at my list and and, and he or she of a will say, uh, "Man, this guy doesn't know anything about film." But for me, a great action film is like comfort food. It's the kind of film where you know where I'm scrolling through, you know, TV, and I get to TNT, and I'm going to stop no matter what the movie is. It's comfort food for me. And so, for me personally. Um, the best action film is not necessarily the most beautiful like martin scorsese level you know they're going to
2: show this film in at usc film school you know what i mean yeah yeah you're not going to cry at the end you're not going to talk about how beautiful it was you're not going to talk about how it was set just perfectly you're just you're just going to enjoy the hell out of that movie and i and i very much agree with that um Something I want to throw out to you guys both before we started is, and I'm, I guess I'm kind of asking you to tell yourself, as you were thinking about this, when you are getting ready to do this podcast, what's the one action movie on your list you've never got around to but you definitely need to see, you know, soon? Um, so I'm going to start with you. Uh,
1: you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start off the bat by embarrassing myself. I've never seen Die Hard.
2: Whoa. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Wow, that is a good one because that's like. No, I should cool. also
1: say I I told I told I I warned Josh ahead of time. I was like I don't know, you you might want to get someone else for this, but I've never seen I've never seen Die Hard. No no
0: no that that's I mean that's fine because mine is one that's a lot more recent that I have zero excuse. I've never seen Mad Max Fury Road. Oh wow. wow okay, okay that's enough.
2: That is that's one of those along with There Will Be Blood and whatever other movies I've made people mad about saying is overrated Mad Max is very overrated I do not know what people love so much about Charlize Theron and Tom Hardy having some you know grumbles in the desert I, I don't just, know not, I mean it's a
1: long mean. it's a long car ride it's a long car race essentially is what that
2: film is and people and, and again I say this people always say about movies that are supposed to be artsy that they love they're like oh it was, it was shot beautifully it's just a beautiful movie Man, it's 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 two hours of sand. <laughs> what? Well, I don't know, man. That that is that is on my. Maybe we need to do this as a list, like the top five movies you think are the most overrated. Maybe the listeners already know all mine. I don't know. Uh, I'm pretty sure you can come up with another five <laughs> beyond yeah. the ones we've named. Okay. So, and the other the other pre question I had here was when you think of the word, like when you think of the words action movie, who is the first? actor that comes to mind and who is the first character that comes to mind jabari Ooh,
0: i mean see i don't want to i don't want to answer that because i don't want to give away what
2: (laughs) what my pick is about (laughs) to be (laughs) without giving me a a full scout of what you got on the list there
0: uh all right i'll I'll switch it up uh action star you you know i came up in the 80s and 90s so for me it's uh it's arnold schwarzenegger and it's the terminator
2: okay
1: so pen oh man um man i don't know why this he keeps coming to mind but i guess i mean you can't help it but i mean steven seagal keeps coming to mind i mean he just uh, but he's not like the but i can't think of a single like defining character he played so i guess i'm gonna go with hugh jackman and wolverine
2: nice okay yeah that works I was going to say, I, I, I immediately think of Exit Wounds when I think of Steven Seagal, but I don't remember what his character is in that either. See, I,
0: I was going I to take it back further. I was like, if you lead out the gates with, like, Above the Law or Mark for Death, <laughs> I, we, we, this is going to be an epic an epic conversation. Uh, <laughs>
2: uh, you know what? I, for me, it is Arnold, too. Uh, like, my dad was a huge action movies fan, even though I was young. Like, when my mom my mom was a flight attendant, when she'd fly out of town... I was for sure having to watch, like, Terminator, yeah. uh, Predator, all those movies were coming out. So, you know, maybe one or two of those come out. We'll see. Um, before we get going, uh, a word from our good friends at Bet Online. Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. And there's no better place to start than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Get in on the action for this week's big UFC fight, or check out odds on NASCAR, Formula One, and the Premier League can't wait for your team to come back bet online has future odds including win totals division winners and even league championships or check out daily simulations of madden and nba 2k to watch and wager on visit betonline.ag and use promo code blue wire to receive your free welcome bonus that's promo code blue wire bet online your online wagering experts and i gotta say man bet online i don't know uh nfl players don't even know what they're doing yet so i don't know about the division championship but we'll see we'll see Um, So yeah, Jabari uh, Sopan, let's do it, man. You got first pick. What is the first action movie you want in your marathon?
1: Uh, To me, my first pick is going to be The Matrix, the original, the first one. Um, I I just thought it's such an innovative film from start to finish. Um, And to me, the mark of a good, a great action film is one where you feel like the central uh, protagonist is actually in danger. Like, this is where, like, the Fast and the Furious films don't really rise up to that level to me because, like, you never actually feel like Dom is going to die, right? Like, it's like, whereas in, in The Matrix, like, you really wonder if Keanu is the one, you know? And then you see these incredible special effects. The fight scenes are incredible. Um, the scene, the kung fu scene where uh, Neo and Morpheus fight for the first time. It's just like, I, I, I hang, if that movie is on, I don't care what I'm doing. I'm gonna stop, and I'm gonna I'm gonna keep watching it. Right. So, to me, the Matrix the Matrix is my is my number one pick.
2: I've got a buddy, Shack. Um, he absolutely loves the Matrix series. Swears by it. Uh, Peachtree TV is one of the, the channels we got up here, and uh, it 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 was always on. Like <laughs> after it came out, it was always on. Like every week, you you turn to Peachtree, the Matrix is on. It's it's a classic classic movie, and it's funny kids uh, i had a kid in my class tell me like keanu reeves do you know who that is he's john wick i'm like yeah i saw, I, <laughs> oh, I, I saw him in a few movies before that like the replacements Jeez. is a favorite matrix was pretty good uh speed used to be a cult classic you know like yeah i know that keanu guy a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh, jabari what are you, who are you taking first
0: all right, I'm gonna be honest with you. I was worried because when you started when you started out and you said, "I've never seen Die Hard," I thought, you know, this would be very interesting if he led out and took that. Because I'm gonna be honest, that would have hurt my feelings. So, we don't even we don't even know each other. It's Die Hard. It's John McClane. It's Bruce Willis. It's the greatest Christmas movie of all time. And I not only do I say it to make people mad, I also agree with it.
2: It's not a Christmas movie. We've <laughs> yes, been through is. this before. Yes, it it's is. an excellent movie. John McClane is a perfect character. It sucks. You guys both took two of my top ten <laughs> right off the get. bat. Bang bang.
0: <laughs> it absolutely is a Christmas movie. There at Christmas it, party. And it
2: has that element that Sopan was talking about. I think I think you'll like Die Hard because you are very much like John McClane. Is very vulnerable in Die Hard. He is not a superhero. He he oh, is yeah. he is walking on class and taking hits and running for his life the whole movie. So uh, that's strong
0: Literally getting beat down, beaten down the entire movie, shot at, shot, stabbed, walking on glass, but keeps on kicking.
2: I'm gonna take for my wraparound picks here, uh, kind of based on what Jabari was was hinting at when he talked <laughs> about Arnold. Um, I'm gonna take my first pick. It's gonna be Roadhouse. Um, Ooh. I'm gonna take Roadhouse because I I still absolutely love that movie. I turned it on for like 15 minutes the other night. I've probably seen it 10 times. I was like, there's no way I'm going to watch it. It's already 10 p.m., but I'll just watch, like, the first 15 minutes when he comes in and starts to clean up Double Deuce. But, you know, I ended up watching the whole movie. (laughs) Uh, Would very, very much be down for, like, a prequel, remake, something... Just to get back in the call. This movie is fantastic. Just every fight scene in this movie is so fun. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't make a ton of sense. Like, is there even a kitchen or a bathroom in the the barn loft that he lives in? I don't know. I'm still not sure how you rip a guy's throat out, but every, every moment of this movie is just a joy to me.
1: <laughs>
0: I'm not going to lie to you. I, haven't seen, I have not seen Roadhouse in maybe 20 plus years.
1: Wow, really? I haven't yeah, seen I, Roadhouse I, I, in a long time. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't expecting that to be the number two pick here. Gonna be honest with you, that's like that's like Anthony Bennett at number one level of surprise. Oh no!
0: no. <laughs> okay, didn't Don't do this.
1: Woof! That's cool.
0: Is Anthony
2: Bennett Canadian as well? <laughs> wow! This is. Uh, I didn't Oof. think you guys were gonna team up. I mean, my own guess. Uh, it be your own guest um okay so what I'll do here is uh, apparently going slightly off board trying to be a bit of a hipster does not work on NBA Twitter does not work in the action movie draft put, put your PBR down
1: but in fairness Josh that's that's not a reflection on your pick that's also like recency bias on, on my part like it's, it's it's not a film that I've seen in a while so I'm forgetting like how it compares to like the more recent films I've seen if that makes sense yeah. yeah. Also,
0: Fair in enough. fairness, I'm going to keep it real with you, Josh. I know why that's one of your favorite movies, because it was your da- it was probably one of your dad's movies that it was his go-to. And for whatever the reason is, I don't know if we're around the same age or not, but your dad and I probably would get along. We probably, we, we, when it comes to entertainment, because I used to watch that movie a ton. I just haven't seen it in 20 some years.
2: Yeah, I, I think movie taste, you guys will very much be in, in the same house. Um, yeah. And so with my with my wraparound pick, I'm going to go back into the mainstream, and I'm, I'm going to probably block Jabari from doing this here in the wraparound, but I'm going to take The Terminator. I'm, I'm going to take Arnold in his most iconic role, um, and this is a movie that, honest to God, I think I was like, man, six or seven had no business watching this movie. And my dad and I'm a first child and like I you know, the my mom always talks about the pancakes story where like if you make pancakes the first batch turns out a little iffy mm. but then you figure it out as you go on. Uh, my dad should not have shown me Terminator when I was six years old uh, I had nightmares for quite a while of him coming into the police station and just murking all those cops because if you're not safe <laughs> there where are you safe um, but yeah, classic, classic movie and, and again, I think the character I think of most when, when you say action movie
1: yeah I, 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 what's to me I mean, aside from the obvious Schwarzenegger performance, Sarah Connor is just a remarkable, remarkable performance in that in the, in those films. I mean, Linda Hamilton just uh, just just does such an incredible job of of you know first as an action as an action hero, but B, also just showing the sheer terror of like being mm-hmm. around you know oh. this 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 horrific machine. Um, But, yeah, you can't watch that film when you're six, man. That's, that's too far.
2: <laughs> yeah, he fucked he, he, he that up. Let's just be honest. He fucked up. that up. That's a bad call, Dad. Josh, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. That's good daddying, if you ask me. <laughs> because,
0: quite frankly, that movie came out in 1984, and I'm almost certain I watched it when it first came out. So, trust me. Shout out to you, Pops. Shout out to you. <laughs>
2: um, You, you know what? It, it, Linda Hamilton, too. And I can't even remember what the Terminator one they did with... Uh, when they brought in bail and they, they re- revamped the cast and it just did nothing for me i don't think i even watched the one with amelia clark but a terminator dark fate was actually not bad because and and i think again because linda hamilton the sarah connor character came back and and brought in some of that nostalgia and, and some of the work that she did and it's the first one since judgment day that i think actually been good
0: well also, to Sipon's point, Linda Hammond, like she's so great in that because like think about think about the way she played that character in in part one versus how she played it in part two. It's like it, it's like night and day, but both equally is incredible.
2: Yeah, learned experience in in, in that world is is, is worth it. Uh, uh, Jabari, your second pick.
0: All right, man. I, I'm actually having to step aside, you know, uh, switch it up because I don't think this will be available. Uh, I, I don't trust you, Sopan I don't trust you at all. I'm gonna take dark. I'm gonna take Dark Knight. It's, oh. it's it, it, w- w- would that have been there?
1: No, no, no. Oh, sorry, okay. yes, yeah, that that would have been there. That wasn't oh, no. that, that. That's not what I was gonna go with next.
0: Okay, I got you. Well, look, Josh knows this is one of my favorite movies of all time. I'm an absolute sucker for it. I think the Heath Ledger Joker is the best, uh, you know, uh, narrowly beating out uh, Mark Hamill uh, in, the, in the animated series. And uh, look, I, I could probably watch this movie, you know, once a week, and I don't, I don't, and I recognize that's obsessive, <laughs> but I really could. Like, I, I genuinely love the movie.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, it's an it's an excellent film. Now, it came out. Like, I think in the late 2000s, I want to say, off the top of my head. I don't have the exact date.
0: I think it's 12 years ago today. I, I think I saw that on Twitter. T- T- today. Oh, gotcha. uh, and I
1: And people, like, we now think of superhero movies as instantly bankable, instantly kind of, um, as almost a, almost a reliable hit, right? But when Dark Knight came out, um... I think the first, like, kind of big superhero movie in decades to hit it really big was only came out a couple years before Dark Knight. It was, like, the first X-Men movie, which was, I think, 2002. So the, when the Dark Knight came out, you know, superhero movies were not were still not, like, this automatic box office smash. On top of that, they certainly weren't as, excuse the pun here, dark as the Dark Knight was. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's an incredibly, you know, grim view of the world that superheroes inhabit. I mean it's a great film. You're absolutely right. And of course, I mean you you, he, you know talking about Heath Ledger's performance in that film is like it's like saying Michael Jordan's great. Yeah. Well, you yeah know yeah. it's like an obvious thing to say. <laughs> but yeah, Heath Ledger is really quite. But there are other performances in that film that are that are quite remarkable um and and Commissioner Gordon, I mean, you can go down mm-hmm. and listen. It's 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 a great film from start to finish.
2: Yeah, and I, Gary Oldman is, as Commissioner Gordon was a great cast. I, I bail is my Batman. Too, you know, I, I, I like Batman Begins a little bit better. I think Liam Neeson's Ra's ghoul Ghul is, uh, is, is underrated. But man, that that trilogy really hit. Like, and, and again, as much as the Marvel is just the instant blockbuster now, the depth of those three movies, like they didn't need 27 movies to get there. You, you were, you were in it, and uh, yeah, fantastic movies from Nolan
1: and and Aaron Eckhart also great. In, yes. um, it's two in face. Face.
2: Yep,
1: yep. really, really, really. Uh, he brought a lot of charisma and kind of and literally like like two face. You know, he brought a lot of kind of mm-hmm. split personality to that to that part. I, I really, I really liked, I really liked him in that film too.
2: And now this is gonna shake up my board because I'm like, <sighs> I feel like Dark Knight is more like in the thriller category than the action category, but like. Now you're just taking great movies, trying to steal all the votes, pander into the audience. It's hold usable, on, hold on, hold on! Typical. If we don't,
0: if we don't want to do superhero movies, or like, I don't mind. I can pick something else. No,
2: no, no. Oh, no, we, did, no, we, did, no. we did, we did check it with the people. We did check. it with my
1: my next one's a superhero film. Oh,
2: okay. So are back to back. No,
1: So for me, my 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 pick two is uh, Logan. Um, nice. I I loved loved this film. For, first of all, so you guys might know, I'm a huge, huge Star Trek fan. So anything with Patrick Stewart. For me is going to get a lot of love Um, but what i love about logan is what i talked about before is that when you right from the first scene of the movie you realize that these guys are in danger in legitimate danger and you are wondering the whole film whether who's gonna live and who's gonna die and that's a big weak, like not a weakness. I would say. I would say it's a, it's a it's by design. Superhero, you often don't feel that. But with 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 this film, you really don't know. In fact, you would be surprised if Wolverine is still alive at the end. And I think the action scenes are great. Um, you have who you have the the young girl who I'm now forgetting now, um, who who uh, plays the 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 young mutant that Wolverine has to protect throughout the whole film. She's just a total revelation. Um, I, I love this film. It really is just just t- carnage from start to finish, and tension from start to finish. But also ultimately, uh, there's a redemptive arc here too that I really like.
2: Yeah, Daphne Keen is the, uh, the ah girl. yes, thank. Um yeah, this is, I mean Logan really did. Again, you know, we, we were in the era where uh, big explosions, building up a villain really pays. And that was the instant success superhero. But Logan does a great job of just like, yeah, there's no there's no equally matched supervillain. The world is just bad enough already. And uh, I mean, it, it was a tough movie to take, in. to be honest. Uh, I think we talked about that a couple of weeks ago, but that's not a movie I, I particularly care to watch more than once. But yeah, it's, it's a great movie.
0: Yeah, I mean, and, and like you said, we talked about this just a couple of weeks ago. It's it's probably my favorite of the Marvel movies, and and that is obviously saying a lot because I because I'm not saying that they're totally the rest of them aren't
1: good. And you know what? It works even if it's not a Marvel movie. Like if it was yes. just about a guy, right? Mm-hmm. If it was just about a guy who had claws who wasn't Wolverine. If you named if you named him like you know something totally different, it still works as a great film as a standalone, just totally independent film.
2: Yeah, no, i yeah, yeah, absolutely, 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 absolutely does. So, Sopan, okay. you're actually up again, man. What's your What's your wraparound pick?
1: All right, so this one is pretty mainstream as well uh, for me, but this is just total comfort food for me. I, again, this is one of those, if it's on TNT and it's on TNT all the time, I'm going to stop, uh, The Born Identity with Matt Damon. Uh, man, do I love those films. Uh, and, and, you know, there's something about watching someone who you don't expect to know, like, Kung Fu, and just every single fighting style, just just take on all these fights from start to finish. And there's something like Matt Damon is not like, you know, he's not like built in the way that Vin Diesel is, right? Or he's not built in the way that The Rock is. He kind of, if, if Matt Damon like was walking down the street, he wouldn't stand out. In I mean, he would. He's Matt Damon, but I mean, just from like a body type perspective, I don't think he would stand out in the way that like Dwayne Johnson would. But And there's something very satisfying about watching this, him take on trained assassin after trained assassin, sent by the government, you know, to kind of hold him down. And and, and every scene, you're, you're trying to figure out how he's going to get out of these situations. And watching these creative situations and watching him trying to escape them, there's something very oddly satisfying about it. And so that's why, for me, I love The Boring Identity. Can't, can't wait to see more. Uh, I, I can't get enough of that franchise, frankly.
2: You're, uh, you're a big fan of the could-I-beat-his-ass theory if you see Dwayne the Rock Johnson walking down the street and your girl's like hey she, he looks at your girl you're just going to keep walking because you can't beat his ass but if Matt Damon comes down you're like I might be able to beat his ass and what? the fact that he goes nuts in Born Identity I get it I get it I'm with you right
1: yeah, and yeah. I, I should. if Matt Damon is listening to this podcast I do not think <laughs> I can kick your ass for the record <laughs>
0: Yeah, me, me neither, Matt Damien, even though I'm I'm about to talk shit about you. No, um I'm gonna be honest. I, I had I have a little sneaky list of, of ones that I was I had reserved for my fifth pick because I thought they would be there, and this was number one on that list. Uh, I absolutely love this movie. It's probably my favorite of his characters. Uh, you know, you know the face-off with Clive Owen. The, you know, the 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 back and forth with you know Akenyo, I can I, I I can never say his last name, but the gentleman I know him as Adebisi from Oz. But yeah, it's a uh, th- that it's, it's such a fun movie. It's it's such a fun line. I think I've seen at least three or four of them, and and I don't know if what are there like six of them now. Oh, uh and then yeah, Tread, and Tread, a,
1: yeah, Treadstone
2: is a, is, is a show, yeah, show two, right? Two, right?
1: Right. I don't dude, I, I don't count. I don't count Treadstone. I think there's three films of Matt Damon, there's the Jeremy Renner film, mm-hmm. and then I guess there's Treadstone. Is there another one? Oh no, maybe
2: maybe maybe there maybe there there maybe there are just four. Yeah, maybe there's four. I'm not sure. I the Renner one was very meh. Um Attawale or a Whale, I'm not sure how you say it either. Was I think of Mister Echo from uh, Lost? Mm. Yeah. See, see, yeah,
0: I, yeah. Josh, remember. I know you I, haven't seen it. I've yeah. never watched the show.
2: Yeah, hey, you're gonna be mad because they they kill him for no reason. Just, <laughs> uh, he's yeah. he's just gone. Yeah, uh, just, just because. All right, cool. Okay, Jabari. Uh, so, what's your number three? All right, man. Okay. So when you started
0: off with the, like, oh man, I'm going there. I thought you were going to take this one. I like the original. It's phenomenal. But Terminator 2 is the better, is the best of the movies. Terminator 2. And maybe I'm biased. Maybe it's because I was, I was like 13 years old. I was like 13 when it came out. So it, 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 it hits. It absolutely hits. Uh, You know, what, what was it? The T, was it? T-1000? Uh, (laughs) Like, all the chase scenes, and also keep in mind, they filmed that in my neighborhood. So it it, it hits on so many levels. Also, the the hospital uh, where they break Sarah Connor out, that hospital still exists. It is now a probation, uh, excuse me, a rehab (laughs) that (laughs) I worked at for two years. Yes. Yes. The guy who
1: plays... Uh, the T-1000 in that film. I think his name is... Um, Robert Patrick. Robert Patrick, thank you. Who? Yeah, he's, yeah. he's great. He's terrifying in that film. And then he <laughs> <He's>, goes on <laughs> to play this kind of sniveling guy in The Sopranos And yes. like, years later. And he has a lot of rage. I, I, I really like Robert Patrick.
2: He's not scarier than Arnold. Like this, That is my... Every time someone tells me Judgment Day it is better i'm like arnold was way scarier than robert patrick like arnold walking around what, what yeah that the, the beat us. like but sarah, Arnold was too much man but sarah connor has a badass but it makes up for that maybe maybe I, I i think i related more to the running in terror than the standing tall to be honest with you yeah, well you know <laughs> but, uh, fair enough fair enough um my number 3 and man now I, now i'm torn I'm no, no, so torn. I kind of want to go. Like we're half. This is the halfway movie, right? We've we've watched two. Maybe mm. we've got some more food. We're gonna watch one. I think this is like my intermission. So I'm gonna take a risk here. I'm gonna throw in my fluff movie to just kind of lighten everybody up before we finish hard. I'm gonna go Con Air. Oh,
1: nice. Oh man, Con Air. <laughs> nice. Con, Con, Air, Con is Air is, is great best, best I mean, a great choice. I mean, it's a great action uh,
2: movie. Yes. That 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 that's where I'm at. Um, I just. <laughs> face-off does not do it for me in the same way, like face-off is not held up in the same way for me, but every time Con is on, very much like the Matrix I'm like, I gotta go watch this movie, I gotta go hear those terrible accents I, I, yeah. <laughs> Put the bunny down You, you need to hear that? Uh, <laughs> yes sir
1: I, listen, I, I, I have to say, I cannot disagree because again, Con is a great example of the kind of film I was talking about before where it's like, look you're not gonna show that film you know to a director that wants to win an oscar that's not what you're doing that but it is it's like it's like low calorie it's entertaining it it it, distracts in some ways it's peak film in that it distracts you from whatever's going on in your life like that's the kind of movie con here is and it's kind of brilliant in that respect
2: and it was and it was when nick cage was like a joke for just being like nick cage not because he did like Eighty-seven movies. Every time you scroll through a streaming platform that you'd never heard of, it was just because that—that's who Nick Cage was.
1: Look,
0: I, I might—it might just be that I'm a sucker for you know for a cast full of guys that I like. But you got look, okay, Nick Cage aside and, and all of his Nick Cage ness, you got John Malkovich, you got Steve Buscemi, you got Danny Trejo, you, know, uh, Ving Rames, Dave Chappelle, McKelty Williamson. This entire this this is it's probably the most fun movie that any of us have mentioned so far.
1: Yeah, that's, I would say I would say that's right.
2: And we're going to get back to it. We watched Connery, we were refreshed, we had some laughs. Um, I'm going to take Casino Royale. Nice. Okay. Which far wait a minute. Well, so it, my So Casino Royale. Bond wait, hold
1: on, hold on. Casino Royale is your of all the Bond films to pick, you went with Casino Royale.
2: My fa- favorite Bond film, best opening scene, uh, made parkour thing for for dumb kids everywhere. <laughs> uh, <laughs> The <laughs> scene getting. The, I can't pre- think of it. Uh, there's a lot of scenes where people are getting tortured in probably more terrible, life-threatening ways. But I'm never wanting to sit on a uh, seatless chair, getting hit by a whip in the nuts ever in my life. Like that movie just has a hell of a lot of moments.
1: Did you? So did you prefer Daniel Craig to Pierce Brosnan?
2: Uh I. I think. I think Pierce, Pierce Brosnan fit better in my mind as the traditional Bond, but I think the Casino Royale is just the most fun movie. And Quantum of Solace is terrible, and Skyfall is alright, but... Uh. So, another
0: confession. We, Josh, we've never actually come, we, we've never actually discussed this. I've never seen any of the Daniel Craig Bonds. And n- now... What? Yeah, never seen any of them. And looking at this, now I'm like, wait a second, you didn't tell me that Mads, you know, Mads Michelson was in this? Yeah, your boy. Okay. Yeah. Um... <laughs> I grew up on look. I grew up on Connery, and then you know whomever else. And yes, it's Pierce Brosnan is the guy for me. It, is it? It's Craig Connery Brosnan. Craig. There was No there was was uh, what Tim Moore,
2: Roger Moore, right?
0: There was yeah Roger Moore, but there was like Tim something, wasn't there?
2: Oh maybe. Um, I think the other thing about the Casino Royale is just like it. It was all the way through, and it's one of those movies from takes you to scene to scene to scene, but it holds the tension really well. And uh, since we kind of just got off like the straight punching each other vibe, mm-hmm. I felt that uh, it, it 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 was time. Oh, Timothy Dalton was the guy's name that I was thinking of, and now I'm disappointed in myself
0: for not remembering his
2: name. It is it is funny though because uh, Daniel Craig was uh, like allegedly hated playing Bond, and he did four. I can see that. He did four movies, um, and they were. He's like, I'm never playing Bond again. And like he he I think he even said he's a boring character or something. Like he really went off on playing Bond and then they offered and then him he, like then
1: I think he saw I'm sure he saw the paycheck in.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well and then they were like they offered and there was like the Idris Elba might be the next bond. They started to look and then they threw him a check, I think it was sixty five million. It was something Jesus. ridiculous like that. He's like, you know what, I could play Bond one more time.
0: Yeah. yeah. That that's an adjustment that I can make at any at any point. I could make a change, yeah, no yeah, doubt, yeah. no doubt. Uh, <laughs>
2: Jabari, what's your number four?
0: All right, my number four. Whew, let's see. All right, I got to be gotta be smart about this one. I'm going to go with Gladiator. And we're, we're talking about movies that you can watch over and over again, and I, I got to be honest with you, I don't know that there's an action movie that I watched more in the early 2000s. It's Russell Crowe at his best. It's Joaquin Phoenix at his best. You know, I, I, I love the storyline. It, it's fun, action-packed you know it's got a li- you know got a little bit of everything so for me i'm going to go with
1: gladiator uh i like i i think a gla- a gladiator is a eminently watchable movie but i don't feel like it's aged well do you know what i mean like it's just it just feels so historically like out of touch like not not oh, oh. like like which is was how much it's like it's like remember that film with Brad Pitt with um The Greek mythology film was it 300 Uh oh Oh, no Troy Troy sorry I feel like Gladiator has the same issue as Troy where like yeah you watch the film and then you're just like man there's just so much stuff wrong here but that's that's also me being like a, a fact checker by nature you know what I mean but with that being said I agree with you Russell Crowe's very good in the film it's again just entertaining start to finish I just couldn't get past like the accents you know what i mean
0: (laughs) Uh, oh how they varied throughout
2: (laughs) yeah right i also don't really think of it as an action movie again like it really it definitely i mean there is but it's so much politics and the times and injustice i don't like I, i guess like i mean actions wide too but i also would challenge that this is russell crowe at his best And and I'm going to get booed off stage here. Maybe not as much as Sopan is for comparing Gladiator and Troy, which I love Troy. (laughs) Oh, uh, man. But but give me Russell Crowe and 310 to Yuma.
1: Like One of my favorite things about period movies, uh, and this is the case, I I, I believe this is the case in Gladiator and certainly in Troy, is like like filmmakers at some point decided that any – film that is older than a hundred years old everyone was going to have british accents yep, yep everyone it didn't matter what the you know like you're just everyone you just please get your british accent right for this shooting it doesn't matter whether you're roman or greek or whatever please everyone just be british for the purposes of this film please be british
2: there's no one in this movie he's who's ever met a brit but yeah that, i'm not gonna that's lie where you are
0: that is something that has always bothered me but i just got past it because you're right every single movie that's that that, that that's an older movie
1: 100 british accents just one, or one, exception, or- one exception is um, also considered, I think, or used to be considered a, a classic uh, action film, The Patriot with um, oh, man, Mel Gibson. Man. Mel Gibson <laughs> doesn't even feign a British accent in that. He just has an American accent all the way through.
2: Yep. Yep. But I do love that movie too. I like. I think that's a great movie too. I think that's an underrated movie, Thomas. If you're listening, uh, I, I
0: I do too. And I'm going to be honest with you. The did he die is the best part of that movie. I do. I don't care what anyone says when he's messing with him about his kid that he killed, and he hits him with the did he die with the little head tilt.
2: Phenomenal. Chef's um, kiss. Oh man, that's what's his name? Jonathan Isaac? Jason Isaac? Oh, let me look him up. Uh, but he he's an underrated villain because yes. he he's come up he's mr smith in in matrix um he's this i am thinking of the right guy right no 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 jason Isaacs is
1: not the villain in the matrix
2: yeah he, 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 that's not mr smith but he but, is isn't he but this guy is jason isaacs am i not thinking of Am I am I messing this up? Is Mister Smith not Jason Isaacs? It is not, but I got you. I'll oh, look okay. it, I'll look it up. This, up this is almost as bad as my True Romance, Almost Famous <laughs> moment. Almost, <laughs> um, but he is Lucius Malfoy as well. Yeah, it's, it's Hugo Weaving is Mister Smith. Hugo Weaving. Okay, okay. All right. Well, you know, you, you, you take a lot of shots, you miss them. What can I do? Um, it happens. <laughs> it happens. So, Pen, you got four. Your fourth and fifth. Uh,
1: is this my fourth or is, my, is this my fifth?
2: This is your. You should be both. Yeah, both. Yeah, both. Four, Four and five. Oh,
1: okay. All right, so I got I to gotta rep my kind of interest here, and I'm going to go um, the 2009 Star Trek reboot with J.J. Abrams. Um, now, you might be like, oh, that's that's that seems like a weird action film. Um, this was the first film, um, I think, from the Star Trek franchise that was way more of an action film than anything else. It, you know focuses way less on plot and way more about just like blowing things up and phasers and people fighting and et cetera et cetera um and it really you know the star trek franchise had been, been pretty stale for a while now and that really helped reboot it and my my fifth pick is going to be dunkirk which was Ooh. came out i think uh, a couple years ago and dunkirk is to me just it's, it's pure action there's no plot in the film. It really, it really is one continuous action scene in, in some ways. Um, amazing filmmaking uh, from Christopher Nolan. There were, but it really, it, for a film that has no plot, the action has to be, you know, top notch to hold the viewer's attention all the way through. And I think it, it does. Um, but yeah, so for me, 2009 Star Trek and then Dunkirk.
2: Fair enough. Um, I, I think, you know what? My dad did love Star Trek. That was one of the things he did not pass on to me. I could I could never get into it. I was always bored. I couldn't even tell you what the differences were between the one on the space station, the one with Picard, and Mars, <laughs> like all, all these others. But this movie was fun. I did enjoy this movie. and It's probably for what you said. Like It, it was more of an action movie. Chris Pine was fun. Um, I'm, I'm going to say the guy from White Castle. I forget his name. Uh... Oh, um, no, um, uh, oh my God, John Chow John Chow yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it, it gave you a lot of character, Simon Pegg. That I was interested in, and it was in a movie that I didn't find slow. And I, I think that's it's the one Star Trek property that I was like genuinely intrigued in. Yeah, and I, I I enjoyed that one. I'm
0: not gonna lie to you. I'm not the the biggest Star Trek fan. I'm not. It's not like I, I don't like it. I just never really got you know too too much into them. Uh, but I did enjoy that one. I actually do want to ask you about the Dunkirk situation specifically because this is a movie that we dis- we discussed probably about a month ago or so. Did it not bother you, or did you um, like? I, I definitely, I definitely appreciated the action. Uh, you know, it, it, in, in terms of action from start to finish, you know, it, it's probably sec- It's it, it's it's pro- it's right up there with with anything else. But did it did it not bother you that they didn't develop any of those characters along the way?
1: Uh, I think if if any lesser of a film, it would have. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. in concept, it's kind of bizarre, but the thing is, I was just so riveted by what was happening on the screen that it kind of distracted me from the fact that I didn't know enough a lot about these characters. With that being said, yeah, would I would I like to know more about you know some of the people that I'm rooting for? Like as a human, when I'm reading a story, I want to know about the characters. I want to be mm-hmm. invested in the characters. I'm, I'm more invested in characters and humans than I am, you know, a bomb going off. Mm-hmm. However, in this particular case. I just found the the special effects. Um, I found I found the the shooting, and I found the, the choreography to be just so you know such a elite level that it didn't bother me as it probably otherwise would have, if that makes sense.
2: And see, like I I feel the same way. And I was like, my opinion is like I, I need a I need a character to root for or care about or root against, and I, I was having a hard time with that in Dunkirk. But I think that almost lends itself to this exercise, because if the if the exercise is action, that that movie is nonstop. Uh, right. Right. One hundred percent. Like I could I could have know. maybe known a little bit about more Tom about you know this pilot Tom Hardy is, but you know it is what it is.
1: Uh, uh,
0: now I'll be honest with you, and J- and Jaskin, you know Jaskin attests to this. I'm normally the one that says, yeah, you know, what, you probably could have cut like thirty minutes off that movie. I think they could have made that a true classic if they had, like, added another 30 and done a little bit of that. But I'm not going to nitpick because you're right. It is absolutely, you know, it's phenomenally entertaining.
2: Um. So, Jabari, your last pick.
0: All right, man. So, I'm really torn because you know I've got 50 different ones that I'd like to pick here. But... For the sake of the conversation from earlier, we're doing a movie marathon. It's not necessarily the best movie or even my favorite that's left, but this is the perfect movie to cap the night off. Give me all the beach football. Give me the bank heist. Give me the surfing scenes. Give me the chases. Give me the skydiving scene. Give me every single bit of Johnny Utah. I'm going with the original Point Break.
2: Uh, I'm glad you specified the original because uh, if yes. you didn't I for sure would have put it your uh, I would have put the what 2014 one in there for you and 1000% and, and I would have been
0: very pissed off
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> see Ke- Ke- Keanu rides again Patrick Swayze rides again
1: yep now wasn't were, uh, were, we're in the remake were the were they gonna put some of the original cast members in the remake if I recall correctly I think
0: Patrick was... Uh, when they first started talking about doing this, I think Patrick Swayze was supposed to be in it.
2: Oh, okay. Gotcha. But, but like, he, he was gone long before they actually made it. Like, I don't know when they talked about it, but... Yeah.
0: I just I just remember those rumors, be, you know, out there.
2: But, yeah, I, I did watch the new one and do... <laughs> no. Like, there's the argument for not remaking Roadhouse, I suppose. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, the original is a classic. Um... Man, there's so many movies that like I have on this list that I'm not gonna be able to pick. Like, mm-hmm. I was gonna do something ballsy. I was gonna maybe take the raid because I hadn't seen. I I haven't seen it, and I didn't actually answer my own question earlier. But that's the movie I gotta watch. That everyone talks about just because all the people who I love who like listening to talk about movies talk about how great it is. Um, I, I thought about Independence Day with Will Smith. Um, mm-hmm. Wait a minute, you, not, it, wait, you
1: haven't seen Independence Day, or or you you were thinking about picking it.
2: It was it was just another movie I had on this list here that I would have loved to work in. Three hundred aliens equalizer. Uh, nice. I feel. I, I like nineteen seventeen more than Dunkirk. Um, I thought that was a tremendous movie. So fun. And- you know what he's doing
0: right now. He's, che- he's cheating. He's stacking the deck because he's late. Yeah. He's, getting, he's getting off all the ones he wants to talk about, and then he's going. you just went. Oh yeah, but I'm gonna get this. I'm sorry, Cole. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's doing like ten honorable mentions because I wanted I wanted to do that, and I was like, Nah, don't do it, don't do <laughs> it.
2: <laughs> you know me, just just uh, stoking the flame. stoking the flame. <laughs> but there's there honestly is there's so many great movies, isn't it? and it's going through. I was like, Oh, I gotta watch that again. I gotta watch that again. But uh, fine, if you're gonna be like that, I'll just I'll just <laughs> I'll just get to it. Just okay, one more. I just want to say because on Dunkirk, if you haven't seen Black Hawk Down, mm-hmm. um, Black Hawk Down is is similar to Dunkirk in that it's non stop, non stop, but you actually get a little bit more insight into a, a, a situation and some of the characters in it. So I'll just say that throw it Black Hawk Down. But my uh, my pick is gonna be um, Infinity War mm-hmm. and not Endgame, not Civil War, which I actually like more, but Infinity War because I think thor coming down with that hammer is the is the penultimate action moment of you know 27 marvel action movies i think every avenger taking their shot at thanos and just watching him dust them um <coughs> it, it is certainly part of the ride and you know even though Endgame gives you that moment where everybody comes through like the warp gate equivalent um it, it just didn't set the tone, and uh, Infinity War set the tone, and I think it's the better action movie. So I'm going to wrap it up with the, the movie that I think has the best action from, What I mean, we've been watching these for, what, 15 years now? Since Iron Man 1? When did Iron Man? 2008.
1: What was it? was it, is that Iron Man was the first one? Yeah. I think that was, I think that was
2: 08, yeah. Yeah, 08, so 12 years of movies. so yeah, I'm, I'm going to end it with Infinity War.
1: Nice. Um, did the ending of Infinity War bother you in the way that it bothered other people?
2: No, I, I I was honestly I was okay with it, and maybe that's just years of watching like network television where you constantly get left on the season, um, you know, uh, teaser. But no, it didn't didn't really particularly bug me. A lot of the stuff in 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 Endgame bugged me. Um, when oh really? It, like what? It, like the mouse jiggling steering wheel, and that's what brings Ant Man back. Uh, the uh, the basically like. Off screen, please believe us when we say how this t- is how time travel works. I just thought I just thought it was choppy. I, I really did, but.
1: Uh, I listen. I I loved, I love the Marvel movies generally. I loved Endgame and Infinity War. The issue with my the ending for Infinity War for me personally was like, you know that, you know that you're making another Spider Man movie. You you have to openly talked about it in the press, and you know there's a Black Panther sequel coming you know you're doing all this other stuff like w- w- why make it seem like these guys actually might be dead right like i but with that being said it's still a, i still i still think it's a it's a great film and at the end of the day like you know it's, it's superhero film right so like, i mean there are going to be some there are going to be some things that are, are happen for convenience
2: that's that is the most like first rule of superhero movies though nobody's dead unless you see them, see them dead 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 like you know what i mean like um, and, but you know what you are true to you because even even at the end you're like you know what I didn't really feel that they were dead that's my number one that's my number one action movie um, test so I, I I respect it I respect it you're true to you so fan.
1: but I do think that Endgame and I know we have to get off saying I could talk about this for hours but um, the, I, I thought Endgame I thought the way they gamed out the plot was incre- to, and to and, and to bring in all those characters that had taken part in the Marvel Universe I thought that was very innovative like I was that was I was genuinely surprised by the plotting and was it perfect no but i I was genuinely you know I, I found it to be very creative and kept me you know kept me watching all the way through
2: I gotta say too is like a lot of people didn't like Captain Marvel and they thought it was cheesy and it, I, I actually enjoyed Captain Marvel but I thought the fact that they made they went through the whole you know journey of Thor becoming team MVP and having that chance to take off take out Thanos to him kind of being a regrettable fat comic relief in Endgame and then this character that you weren't invested in in Captain Marvel over 12 years of film being like the only one who can go totally, it, it just kind of it, it it was a nice end to, to all the time invested but it just, it wasn't to me a great standalone movie
1: yeah well uh, uh, I, I might have to re-watch it for the 8th time and uh,
2: see, <laughs> see how I feel and, I, I mean, I was tempted to go Civil War, too, because the the airplane, like, I think even as a video game setting, just, like, all the, the superheroes having the big battle and, and the airplane terminal was, was phenomenal, too. Oh, moment, yeah. My, my,
1: yeah, I mean, yeah. Spider-Man showing up. I think that was Spider-Man's first scene or one of his first scenes in the in the franchise. Like, it, that was great. Um, yeah. No, I, I, I hear you, man.
2: Um, b- before we go, like, just one more question that, that came to my mind here before we wrap it up. What do you think is the best mano-a-mano fight you've ever seen in an action movie?
1: Oh, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Um okay, I, I'm this is just because I'm answering off the top of my head without thinking, and I'm sure that if I thought about it, I, I, I would have a better answer. I'm gonna say the f- the second lightsaber duel between Vader and Luke. But that's just yeah. off the top of my head. Like as far as like the mono mano you know stakes, consequences, special effects.
2: You know where it fits into the story. Um, Is that on the Death Star above, like Ewok planet? Yeah. 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 So
1: that, and then, because uh, that's the moment at the end of that, where Luke refuses to kill Darth Vader, Star-Gar, who's his father, yeah. and then, and then, eventually, the Darth Vader turns on the Emperor and throws the Emperor down a shaft and kills him until JJ Abrams brought him back to life 30, 40 years later.
2: See and this might be my like my moment where I like reveal if you've never listened to the podcast and you saw me pick Roadhouse and Terminator first that I reveal that I am a millennial. But to me, to me, my favorite uh, lightsaber fight in all the Star Wars is still Qui Gon and uh, Obi fighting Darth Maul through like the laser fields. Never, it's a great
1: fight. Back. I mean, that's that's it's it's, it's 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 the movies get a little bit of a raw deal, I think, the prequels. But it's a great, it's a great, great fight. The thing about what made the lightsaber duels on the original, on the original movies, kind of more meaningful is there's less of them. There was less, like yeah. each one. Each one had a lot more consequence. Whereas in the prequels, there was like a lightsaber duel every couple minutes. And so, so, so the one with uh, you know the Qui Gon and Darth Maul, like it, it doesn't um, stand out as much because there are so many duels. They're using the lightsabers all the time in the course of the film.
2: Oh, the choreography in that that scene is fantastic. And I mean, I think they cut through it a few times. It keeps coming back, and the dual lightsabers and him taking them both. I don't know. I thought it was a. I, Phenomenal, phenomenal scene, Jabari. What do you think of "Mono e. Mono"?
0: Man, I'm going to be honest. It it comes from a movie. It will for favorite, not not just like old, yo badass, you know, one hit, one hitter quitter. It's honestly the fight scene between Uma Thurman and Vivica Fox in Kill Bill. Oh wow, yeah. great one! I could have gone with that one or the one with Daryl Hannah. It was in part two in Kill Bill two. Um,
1: and that, and or so no, that's in, oh, that's
0: in part one. Actually, excuse
1: me. It's been too many years for me to remember which one's volume two and which one's volume one, but yeah.
2: No, I gotta look because it's gonna bother me. But yeah. and that's right when she she like comes in, the kid's there, right? Uh huh. Yeah. It, yeah.
0: It, 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 yeah. Basically, the that, that entire back and forth uh, before the kid got there, and any and even after, absolutely incredible.
2: Yeah. See know... <laughs> I'm having a. I'm a I want to say because I just watched Roadhouse the other night that it's huh. Patrick Swayze and Jimmy doing it in the river when he rips his throat out and his girl just shows up out of nowhere. But um, the the, <laughs> the other one that comes to mind is Arnold in Predator actually when he everybody else is gone and mm-hmm. it's like oh nice. I'm gonna need a plan. I'm gonna need a plan and he sets up the home alone traps and basically has to work it through like a seven step death plan. But man, that was. Uh, I think it maybe it's the buildup of all these other hard guys getting got, and him realizing you know it's his last chance to prepare here. But that first predator fight is uh, it's up there, or the final predator fight. That was a badass fight. That was absolutely. Is, is that when he is that when he uh, reveals his face? I don't. I can't remember if you ever get to see it before, but I think for, I think so. Yeah.
0: Yeah. At the end, like he basically just takes the mask off. Like, yeah, fool. what's like, what's up? I need yeah. to watch that one again. By the way, the, uh Daryl Hannah, her character, got killed in Kill Bill too. I had to just correct that because I know somebody would have said it on the timeline.
2: Oh yeah, for sure, someone would roast you. So I'm, we're all gonna get roasted at some point for this one, but you know, prevent prevent the roasting thing when you can. <laughs> um, so thanks so much for hopping on, man. Like this was honestly, honestly like such a fun episode to do. If you have, oh, I had if, a have if, you, if you don't already, please follow SoPan on the timeline. If you love basketball, um, you won't be disappointed. He, he's he's part of this all, and uh, yeah, at SoPan Dev. Thanks again, man
1: thanks so much for having me guys it was a real blast and let's do this again sometime
2: yeah 100 without a doubt um, if you haven't yet please like rate review subscribe Give um, us a solid hit us up we appreciate the feedback and we will see you thursday